want to eat my Reese's Pieces eggs, but I no. can't do that while we record a podcast. If you hear loud crunching during this podcast, that's the moment that Sam's willpower <laughs> broke. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am one of your hosts, Sophie, and I have a randomly generated fantasy name for today. (laughs) Uh, It's good. Um, My randomly generated name today is Froded Dragon Sorcerer. Wow. Yep. I like that one. That's like a real fantasy name. That's a real fantasy name. A little, you know, on the nosy, it feels. Mm -hmm. Like maybe too specific. I was going to say. Yeah. It's a little typecast. (laughs) (laughs) Probably because the first name is almost Frodo. It's almost Frodo. (laughs) Frodid. Instead of, uh, instead Fro-do, of Frodo, 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 it's the past tense. So this is after he uh, sails off with the elves. <laughs> did Frodo it? Frodo did it. Frodo did. <laughs> nice job. Uh, amazing. All right, who are you guys? Cool. <laughs> well, I'm not Frodo, but today you can call me. Donata Lowend, but my real name is Sam. <laughs> Lowend? Donata? Lowend. Like Spanish for it's nothing? Maybe. D U N A D A. Oh, Donata. Donata? Donata Lowend. So Fro did, and yeah. Lowend do nada. Do nada. Do nada Lowend. That's a that's a fantastic name. I have nothing to make fun of. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty it's pretty normal, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's like a normal fantasy name. Yeah. 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 Well, my name in real life is Hannah, but for the purposes of today's podcast, you can call me Sockway Queen Queen. Wow, Queen Queen. <laughs> queen Queen. <laughs> that just sounded like something from Star Wars, I think. It's Sockway sounds a little Star Warsy, yeah. yeah. I was thinking Avatar, the Last Airbender. Yeah, Sokka. I think the sock mm. came from Sokka. I'm pretty sure I put his name in the randomizer. That makes sense. That checks, yeah. Yeah, and the way might be from Kue from the Six of Crows duology. Uh, mm, makes sense. Yeah, and then Queen Queen shows up with her dog Moon Moon. Um. Anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, listen surprisingly we read two more chapters of Aragon this week (laughs) I still have been keeping track of the numbers so we are at chapter 27 and 28 and you guys could probably tell us what happens in them I guess I mean maybe I wouldn't fully trust me but here we are trusting me so uh, (laughs) chapter 27 of reading and plots This was a relatively short chapter, but we probably had one of my favorite openers because it opens with Brom teaching Aragon the letter A in a very (laughs) sassy way. Just basically like, this is the letter A, learn it. So (laughs) it's pretty good. Anyways, from there, 
Aragon quickly learns to read and then they carry on with their research as he's learning to read. I apparently can't read. Though <laughs> <laughs> so we learned that gossip has spread to Tyrim of horrific attacks throughout the land. And Brom then informs Aragon they will be moving again shortly, I guess to do research. I don't really know what's going on anymore. But Aragon's really unhappy about it because he likes his routine he's established at Tyrim because it's kind of normal again. But anyways, the chapter ends with him having a dream of a mysterious girl, which my money is on that she's the love interest of it all. So. What? I know. Shocking. Surely not. Surely not. <laughs> But sure, hey, a female that's... character. That's exciting. That's great. <laughs> well, we had our favorite herbalist, Angela, at least. Yeah. I mean, more than one female character would be ideal. My <laughs> yeah, expectations in fantasy are quite low. Yeah, honestly, if there's like one woman, it's like, okay, yeah. yeah. You at least met the bare minimum. <laughs> the other 13 characters are men, but like there's a woman in this one. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. You know how when your one main female character is not even human? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great, Classic. right? <laughs> we are having fun. <laughs> it's good stuff. Okay. In Thieves in the Castle, Aragon wakes up from his nap and yeah. gets dressed for the heist. The three <laughs> of them, um, so he, Brom, and Jode, sneak into the castle using the classic, Ugh, my idiot child forgot something, Gambit. And they make their way to the records room where Jode says to, quote, look for anything that mentions seether oil. Like, yeah, no shit, Jode. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Solemnbum <laughs> appears, not as a cat, but as a child, to warn Aragon that their ruse has been discovered. So they make a hasty exit with their notes. They are caught by the guards as Brahm is locking the door to the room, but they pretend to be lost and the guards are like, oh, well, it's okay. This door is locked. Good thing they weren't in there. They escort them out, and the three make their way back to Jode's house with their spoils, where they narrow down the potential locations of the Razak's stronghold to the southern city of Drasleona. Aragon tells Sephira about their new plan and goes to bed. Yay! Yay. Classic Aragon chapter where he wakes up at the beginning and goes to sleep at the end. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't even have, like, a real sleep. It was just a nap, but... It was just a nap. Still counts. Uh -huh. Still counts. We talked about this last time, but you reminded me just because you mentioned specifically it when, like, Solomon shows up in that second chapter as a child, and he's like, uh -huh. why did you think I was called a werecat? And I'm like, yeah, why did you think he was called a werecat? Like, Aragon specifically thinks in the last chapter like where cats they have the knowledge of humans <laughs> and are very smart and it's like surely because the name is where cat in yeah. their mythology there should have been somewhere like also can turn into a human <laughs> yes i mean we talked about it last time when we we're all like i don't know does it turn into a human who knows so like <laughs> that's <laughs> So one of the things that I thought was most interesting from that first chapter, which was like a fairly short one, basically just saying that Aragon learns to read and likes having a routine, but he also tries to spend time every day with Safira, and she is like super lonely, even though their like mental range is enough that they can still talk to each other while Aragon is in his room in Joe's house. And to me... That signifies that dragons must be like a super social 
species, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like suffering so much being by herself for a week. So sad. Which is kind of fun. <laughs> kind of fun and very sad. <laughs> it it's a fun uh tidbit of information and a sad emotional perspective. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it was last time where we talked about, or maybe two times ago, anyway, where they were talking about how Aragon had to learn, like, dragon husbandry. Yeah. We decided sort of that that was, like, she needs social grooming or something like Mm -hmm. that. And so, yeah, maybe that's another layer of it, too, right? Like, you can't just have mental connection. You have to have, you know, hanging out in a pile. Yeah. Yeah. Physical (laughs) connection. Yeah, Yeah. like a pile of white-tip reef sharks. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But dragons. But dragons. Man, normal people would say like a pile of kittens, wouldn't they? But I guess. (laughs) But you know, a pile of white-tip reef sharks, what most people think of. Yeah. Of animals in a pile. Yeah. That's what these three biologists think of. Yep. Mm -hmm. We have a totally normal perspective of what kind of animals people make associations to. Yeah. (laughs) Completely normal. I love the visual image of like a pile of giant dragons just flopped all over each other like reef sharks. That's so cute. It's great. I bet they like keep each other warm. Yeah. And that's why they like being in a pile. Did we determine if they're warm blooded? Well, Safira keeps Aragon warm when they oh, overnighted yeah. in the spine that one time. Yeah. But right. whether it's because she's warm blooded or because she's full of fire, we didn't. We, yeah. Who's to say? One of these we times I'll talk about data. dinosaurs being warm blooded. Yep, but not this time. <laughs> not this time. So <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how far Aragon and Safira are able to like talk to each other mentally. They must have a range, right? You would think so. But one would think. Has that been established? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. I don't remember either. No. no. Clearly it's more than the size of a city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it says she like ranges for leagues. Uh-huh. Which is far. <laughs> it is far. But it doesn't establish whether they're in communication the whole time she's away hunting. And maybe yeah. that's why she's lonely. If she has to go so far that they can't talk. Yeah, Maybe. like it doesn't specifically say if they, they can't communicate or yeah. that they can. So maybe eventually yeah. they will. Non-specific. Yeah. But also that kind of like more emotional aspect of it was interesting because up until like near the end of their journey, they didn't spend the days together anyway because Saphir was up flying and Aragon was on a horse. Right. Like they weren't physically, I guess they were like physically closer, but they weren't physically together until she abducted him and tied <laughs> him to her back. Cool. Yeah. Tied- yeah. <laughs> Lovingly. Yeah. Like maybe though, this is them actually growing closer. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe at the beginning of their journey, it actually didn't really matter, but now they're becoming more tied together. Right. That being apart from one another is lonely. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> you like that a lot, Hannah? I'm shocked. <laughs> I know, right? No one would have been able to guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, incredible. <laughs> but on the complete flip side to that, 
I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but oh, at the okay. end of the chapter, when Aragon is thinking about how he wishes he could just like stay in Tyrm and have a routine in his life, mm-hmm. he says, but I'll never be able to while Safira is around. Never. And I don't know if it's just because I watch a lot of true crime podcasts, but I was like, oh no, <laughs> he's going to kill her. <laughs> he's going to murder Safira. He's, he's going to murder Safira. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I definitely don't know. Yeah, that uh, that's surely not what Palini was like trying to imply, <laughs> but that's what I took from it. Yeah, <laughs> true crime like a, as big of a thing back then? Probably not. I have no idea. What I liked about <laughs> this chapter was Aragon and Brom. Well, Brom specifically went to all this trouble to give them like these super. <laughs> unspecial sneaky regular people disguises and then every afternoon he and aragon (laughs) have like a totally rad sparring session where everyone can watch them yep (laughs) it's like does everybody have like wildly incredible sword skills in this town jode has a sword probably but he has like a rapier like a little thing yeah it just says they have a sparring match, but like they're sparring with real swords up until this point. That's so are point. they sparring with their magical swords? Oh my god. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like, so like, conspicuous. Oh. <laughs> they specifically say the servants, along with a small crowd of wide eyed children, would come and watch. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> just like, yeah, the guy who couldn't figure out how to get into the city by himself has a radical fighting match with his nephew. (laughs) Like you said, Aragon has that very conspicuous bright red sword. Yeah. You'd think a word might get around. I forgot his sword was bright red. (laughs) Oops. Like maybe they're using like staffs? Staves? Yeah. I don't know. Staves? They gotta be, right? They gotta be. The thing that stuck out to me about that was the crowd of wide-eyed children, but they're, like, behind his house, and Joe has this, like, big fancy house, so I guess I just assumed he had, like, a gated yard or something. See, that would make sense. a safe assumption to make. Like, it seems weird that he just has an open yard. Yeah. But, like, does Joe have a small crowd of children? Like, whose kids are these? Maybe they're the servants' kids? The servants' kids? Do the servants all live in the house? I, I guess that's pretty common. I have so yeah. many logistical questions. This is a much more confusing scene now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> See, this is the problem with reading so closely. It's like when we oh were in gosh. that last town and it was like, and the wagons fell out behind, from behind <laughs> the houses. It's like, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> what does that even look like? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we don't have to think too hard about it. <laughs> PSA folks, don't read a book like this. Don't no. do it. It's not fun. <laughs> don't do it. Just like read it for what it is. Don't dissect every single line. Yeah. It's not good. The line yeah. I dissected in this chapter was um in previous chapters, or the previous chapter, Brahm said, I'm going to take the next week to teach you to read, and then we're going to go on our heist. And in this chapter, at the end of the week, Aragon says, we leave tonight or tomorrow to Safira, and she says, this is unexpected. <laughs> is it? Is it unexpected? Yeah. <laughs> Did he not tell you what the plan was? <laughs> I feel like knowing Brom, no. Well, I mean, I liked Brom in these chapters. I don't know. He was funny. 
I mean, okay. <laughs> he's still problematic. Just to be clear, at the end of the previous chapter, what Brom tells Aragon that they're going to do is only, I'm going to take the next week and teach you how to read, and then we're going to give Brand a nasty surprise. Like, it sounds like he's right. just going to take Aragon to go murder this man. <laughs> <laughs> it does. And so maybe Sapphira is surprised because she's like, oh, you're not murdering someone. Oh, you're yes. just going to go read some books. Okay. You're just going to go read some scrolls. Like, okay, oh. cool. This is Will unexpected. you be safe during this venture, she says? Like, oh, they're reading. So who knows? <laughs> Aragon's never read before. <laughs> it could kill him. <laughs> he learned how to do it real fast. Yeah. Speedy. Speed reader. Yeah. I guess once you know the sounds... Or like what the letters mean, then you can yeah. just sound them out to make words. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how learning to read happens. I was assuming because they're going and looking for information on a specific subject, maybe they just made a point of Aragon being able to like copy letters and read the letters that make up the word like Seether. Oh, yeah. Mm. But I don't really know. They don't go into that much detail. Yeah. Shockingly. <laughs> Shockingly. Speaking of the heist. I have... Yes. <laughs> Again. Reading too closely into how scenes are set up. <laughs> I just want to say, Aragon is like, oh, I'll bring my bow, but I better not bring my sword because it'll get in the way. So he brings like a fucking giant longbow <laughs> into close quarters. Like he's in a building in a room <laughs> and he brings a bow that shoots up to like 200 yards. <laughs> It is not good yeah. in close quarters. And then he leaves his sword behind, which is explicitly for melee combat. <laughs> yes. And then when they're get when they're leaving, Brom explicitly makes fun of Jode for not having a sword. <laughs> and then doesn't say anything to Aragon. <laughs> yeah. Like, totally. It's all, there's just a lot going on there. Because Aragon says. Well, the sword will get in the way, so I'm just going to bring this bow instead. <laughs> I do just want to state that a U longbow, which is what Aragon has, is over <laughs> six and a half feet long. Oh my god. It's so big. It so makes no much. sense. Like, why would you have that? Wouldn't that be bigger than him? Do we know yeah. how tall Aragon is? I can't imagine he's six and is, a half feet tall. Is Aragon six feet six inches tall? No, <laughs> not, not, not a chance. <laughs> no, <laughs> is he even six feet though? He's like Who fifteen. Knows? Who knows he how can't tall he is? Be. And he's probably like malnourished from living on a <laughs> yeah. farm in the mountains, ten kilometers from the closest town. These are yeah. excellent points. I was so I was looking up like how people carry bows, you know, mm -hmm. because like how do you carry yeah. a bow that's taller than you are? And so the idea is you like if you're going to leave it strung, you just like hook it over your shoulder, but then it like drags on the ground. And so to like put it properly, you have to like tie it to your back on like an angle, which again, not good for indoors. <laughs> no. No. And, and Aragon specifically says that it's unstrung and, like, in a tube. Yeah. Which means, like, it is the full two-meter length. Yeah. 
It's just wow, it's a wild time. Why would yes. you choose that over a sword, right? <laughs> like, oh, the sword will get in the way. What about your six foot long bow? <laughs> what? Like, I understand why Aragon wouldn't want to bring the sword because to me, it seemed like he was not sure enough in his abilities to think that he'd be useful in a sword fight. I was like, okay, that makes sense. But then, why do you go to the bow? It's like just use yeah. your finger guns, <laughs> right? I also question the fact that all of them have visible weapons and none of the guards at any point are like, uh, why do you have a six foot bow? Right. <laughs> and Brom, yeah. why do you have a sword? <laughs> it's an open carry city state. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I do just want to say that um, in looking up you bows, which I guess were like the tightest shit ever in medieval times. <laughs> Sorry, is this you like the wood or you like the shape? Oh, you like the wood. Okay. So I did. Thank you. <laughs> I don't specifically know if Aragon has a long bow, but at the beginning of the book, I did go back and check. It says he has a U bow. And when I looked up U bows, like the wood, they are like predominantly long bows. Like the U long okay. bow is like a thing in like medieval Europe slash UK. Apparently a U-bow with oak arrows could punch through armor like a fully armored knight at 200 oh yards. Like, yeah, that that's wild. That <laughs> like, is wild. Like, they only became inefficient once, like, actual good firearms became a thing. <laughs> like, not even just yeah. the first firearms. It was like, no, no, no. It had to be, like, good firearms <laughs> before we got rid of this bow. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Yeah, so pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? You have to be like hella strong to actually use a bow, don't you? Especially yes. a longbow. They're big. Yeah. They're big. Yeah. Man, what a cool skill that would be, eh? Right. I know it's like... Skill. Oh my god, me too. It's like such a common theme, I guess, in fantasy books to the point where it's almost annoying that like the character mm-hmm. is an archer and it's like, okay, well, whatever. Everyone's but, like, an archer. <laughs> dang. What a cool Dang thing no. to be able to do. I, I still want to be an archer. <laughs> Me too. And now I'm just thinking, in olden, in ye olden times, was people who had bows, were they like people who have guns now? Just like, oh, oh yeah, I got my oh, U-bow in, in my bedroom. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I feel like, my bed. no, because I feel like it was more seen as like a hunting thing. Isn't that what guns are for, Sam? Yeah, I know. I, I realized as I was talking that <laughs> that was going to come up. Um, <laughs> my semi-automatic uh, longbow in my... I mean, I don't, I, guess, I don't really have an argument anymore, so I guess yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't know enough about military history or gun culture to like make a None informed comment on this, but I am very entertained about the idea of bow dudes in the same way bow that there's dudes. gun dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, they're just like holding up their deer with their bow. <laughs> being like, look how cool I am. For the ye old Tinder profile. Ye old Tinder. <laughs> I was about to say a bow would probably be easier to get than a gun. But then I was like, oh, wait, not in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. at least a bow you could make your own. But in the United States, I'm pretty sure you can just go to Walmart. Yeah. I think you can buy like hunting bows pretty easily. Yeah, they're yeah, in Canadian well. Tire. I saw them yeah. there. 
like yeah. two weeks ago. Not long bows though. Not long bows. Make those yourself. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you do gotta make. You gotta those grow yourself. the you yourself. Yeah, you gotta know? grow the you tree. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was my um archery. Sorry, my arching. Yes. <laughs> arching aside. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of things to say about okay this heist. Okay. One of them is they copy down a ton of like different shipments of seether oil. Like apparently this is a thing that is imported all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you guys. I was like, for some reason, under the impression that this stuff was like super rare and super valuable and therefore there wouldn't be very much of it. But I, I don't think there is like a ton of it. Right? It didn't seem like there was that much. No, I guess they did get through all of the records for the past five years in, like, a reasonable span of time. Yeah, because they mentioned, like, 15 to 20 cities. Yeah. And it seemed like the one that had the most was, like, three shipments in a year. Mm-hmm. So that's not that's not a ton. That's true. Right? Yeah, I guess I, for some reason I was expecting them to come into it and have to look for, like, the record of Seether Oil coming yeah. in. Fair, mm. yes. But this way is certainly more interesting than what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, I did forget that the they had mentioned that it's like a version of it is used yeah. by jewelers. Me too. <laughs> so when they're like, ah, yes, jewelers in these towns, it's like, oh, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> forgot that this is like a legit thing. <laughs> non deadly version, I guess, is good yeah. for jewelers. I forget what the difference is already, but why do they call it the same thing? <laughs> yeah. Isn't one like processed and one is unprocessed or something? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I said that. I have no idea if that's true. I know but... that sounds right. <laughs> Some sort of thing. I don't want to go back and look it up. Anyway, <laughs> I also was under the impression from a previous conversation that it was going to take them more than a couple of hours to get through all of the yeah records, but I guess... Not. <laughs> I mean, it it really should have. <laughs> it should have. Also, do you have any idea how long it actually took? Because it seems like they it were there like forever. Minutes. Oh, yeah. Like from the way Aragon is like talking, or I guess thinking or narrating in some of the like earlier chapters in the room, it sounds like they're there forever. Like it takes them so long to get through all these things. And then Solenbum shows up being like, oh, the guards are coming. Like, they realized something was weird about you guys being there. Or whatever it was. But it's like, how long did these guards expect them to take to, like, go to Jode's office and come back? Like, surely not very long. Yeah. Right. Well, that's so... So the thing was is that the guard told the next guard coming on to watch. And so I'm assuming that a watch lasts, like, eight hours six hours something like that you know and so they probably came in like an hour into his watch or something and then he was like hey these guys did haven't left yet and so he like he mm. can't so he just told the next guy that makes more sense than what i was thinking that's sort of what i see yeah 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 no that that makes you know sense. how you don't notice how much time has passed and then it's like someone else shows up and you're like, wait, it's already been six hours. Hey, those yeah. guys never came back. <laughs> That's a good point. We should go check it out. Yeah. It's like so wild that 
the guards like find them after they've been in the building for probably six hours, eight hours, and they find them about to go, like, quote unquote, about to go into the <laughs> record room, and they're just like, oh yeah, we got lost. And they're like, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was what? assuming, like, they can't have been there for very long. Because saying, like, oh, we got lost and tried to go in this door, for some reason to me seems like a... To me, that makes it seem like, oh, we just, like, went to go look for this office and took a wrong turn or whatever. But you wouldn't assume that someone would be lost in a castle for two or for six or eight hours. Six hours, right? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, maybe they were only there for like an hour or two. But then they copied down all of these records. They went through apparently every single shipping scroll from the last five years, which should take a while. They don't have like a control F function. Like they yeah. need to actually look at it all. And it does say that like, Oh, the room was quiet except for the occasional watchman. So, like, mm -hmm. people, like, stuff is happening. Like, people are walking by. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a while. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very interesting. I don't know. I had a difficult time trying to parse exactly how long this took. Weird that we read too deeply into the scene and then it stopped making sense. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Not really related. Uh, did you guys notice the very important thing when Solenbaum arrives? I noticed several things about Solombum. Which well, one are we talking he's, about? He's wearing holly in his hair. Okay, so, yes, oh, yes. So it must be Vampire Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I was like doing research about holly and I'm like, yeah, there's something to do with holly and vampires. And I was reading about it and then I was like, wait. Hold on. Wait a second. It's, nope. It's our thing. <laughs> we made that up. <laughs> That's our lore. That's our lore. <laughs> I did try to read a little bit about that, though, because it seems like like a very particular detail to put in there that a sprig yeah. of holly was woven into his shaggy black hair. So I was like, oh, what's that about? And I found like six different references to like, oh, the, the druids believed that holly was like protection against witchcraft and evil spirits, and they often wore it in their hair. And oh. I could not find any more elaboration than that. Whoa. <laughs> Like <laughs> I even I even went to the uh like references on Wikipedia where it mentions that and the reference is like some old book that's like simply called Christmas and it was mentioned on like one page in that book that <laughs> the druids would put holly in their hair. Mm -hmm. Well, I so... have a, I have a bit of a connect. I can clear up some of that connection. Okay, and mm -hmm. it's that in World of Warcraft, druids oh. do turn into cats. So... Oh yeah. Okay. He is probably a druid wear cat. Okay. I also I always thought druids were magical. I think because like I read The Serpent's Egg by J. Fitzgerald McCurdy when I was a kid and that was the first time I was exposed to druids and they were like magicians. Uh -huh. mm. Did you know druids were just like rich guys in the ancient Celtic cultures? Wait, really? <laughs> I also Wait, thought apparently? I did, like, I thought they were like the equivalent of like, you know, witches. <laughs> I yeah. thought they were like magic warriors kind of thing. Like I thought that was like the origin. I think Sam and I are revealing our hands in Yeah, kind of a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I also like I looked it up today because I was like, what is a druid really? And it was like, oh, they were the uh, you know, like lawmakers and politicians and learned folks in ancient Celtic cultures. And I was like, uh mm. 
Oh. Okay. <laughs> sure. So, uh, druids may or may not be magical. Apparently no. they had some rule against writing things down. So a lot of the information that exists about, like, historical druids is all, like, secondhand. Dang. This is all new to me. Yeah. Isn't that wild? So yeah. Solumbum might be Celtic. <laughs> a rich Celtic man. <laughs> a rich Celtic man. Yeah, Holly is born for protection. I also just, as kind of a Holly aside that I thought was really interesting and a fun example of how, like, there's occasionally actual scientific basis for historical superstition. Ooh. Because it was like a common Roman superstition that holly could prevent you from being struck by lightning and they would always like plant a holly tree near a house to keep it safe from being struck by lightning. And it turns out that like the shape and structure of holly leaves make it so that if a holly bush is struck by lightning, the leaves like dissipate the uh, electrical energy so that it doesn't harm the plant. Whoa! Or That's something. That's so cool. <laughs> Which is super cool. And I should read more about it. Yeah. But apparently, holly leaves are like miniature lightning rods. So what? holly is actually good at keeping you from getting struck by lightning. Who oh would have guessed? <laughs> That's fun. That's super yeah. cool. Never would have known that. Man, plants, though. Yeah. Plants, though, right? And that's why we keep it around at Christmas. <laughs> yep. To protect us against lightning. <laughs> against lightning. It's <laughs> not a pagan spirits. thing, though. <laughs> nope. Mm -mm. Never. It's science. The fun thing I, besides my great joke about Vampire Thanksgiving, uh -huh. the thing I noticed about Solabum's arrival is that it says he has, he has pointed teeth. Yes. And yeah. so I'm assuming, so spooky. <laughs> yeah, like it says, the boy, the boy, the boy, <laughs> the boy smiled slightly, revealing pointed teeth. And I was like, okay, so I'm assuming you mean not like human canines pointed teeth, but like pointy pointy. Yeah. And since he's a cat, I was like, I guess it means he still has cat teeth. Because like, like if you've never, yeah, because if you've never seen cat teeth, they're like pretty wild. Like the they have the obviously the two canines and then their molars are essentially like shears. <laughs> like there's a reason cats, unlike dogs, like dogs can sometimes eat not meat mm -hmm. and not immediately starve to death. <laughs> But cats are, like, obligate carnivores, so that means they have to eat meat. And it's partially, like, you can see it in their teeth. It's just shears for, like, slicing through meat. <laughs> That's it. They don't chew. They just slice through it. Oh, my God. And now I'm imagining, like, a human with those teeth. And it's terrifying. <laughs> it's really creepy. That is pretty spooky, I don't, yeah. I don't even want to imagine that. Ooh. Yeah. Because, like, if we're going off of Solombum having the form of a lynx. Mm -hmm. Lynx mm -hmm. have like, they have the front canines, the top, but then they have the bottom canines as well that go up inside the front canines. So yeah. they're just like this horrifying, like, oh, yeah. Like double, double <laughs> oh, fangs. Yeah. No, a human so, should not have. <laughs> yeah, so I'm imagining so that. Spooky. And it's terrifying. I mean, I it's also that. kind of vampire. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of vampire -y. <laughs> Kind of vampire -y. That's probably why the Holly's there for this yep. lore that we've made up. <laughs> yep. Exactly. I do feel very vindicated with Solombum appearing as a child. Yeah. Because last time I was like, I felt super adamant that Solombum has big paws. 
that means he's a baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a baby. He has he's to just grow a little into guy. Yeah. Aww. Which makes me wonder how old he is because I mean, I guess Safira is like very wise and mysterious also, and she's yeah. like three months old or whatever. Yeah, but but he would be like the opposite, right? He's like a thousand years old, but still a child. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Grogu. Grogu! Sure. <laughs> That's all Is that the one I ha- we have in our house? Yes. It's a baby Yoda, yeah. Okay, baby yes. Yoda. Baby Yoda. I have a question Anyways. about some of the stuff they learn. <laughs> yes. We, have we been introduced who the Varden are yet? No. I don't think we have. No, no I was no. very confused. I was yeah. like, what is all of this? There is so much fantasy info drop. And I was like, either I have a horrible memory, which is also true, but or I just don't know any of this. They're like the resistance, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. They're the resistance. Yeah. More or less. Yeah, so they they like pull out a map to cross-reference their Seether oil shipments with like places the Razak might be. And then Paolini, like, takes Aragon looking at this map as an opportunity to kind of further describe the geography of Allegasia. Allegasia. Allegasia? <laughs> One of those. <laughs> it's, like, it's good. It describes, like, all the important stuff. <laughs> I yeah. was like, there's just one, like... Like, he builds... This language is off of Old Norse and <laughs> something, right? And then... Yeah. I don't remember what the other one is. But then the forest, like, the big forest is called Du Weldon Varden, which is German. <laughs> like, yeah. like Weldon is... Walden or Wald is forest in German, which I only know because I know that, like, the Black Forest is called Schwarzwald or however you pronounce that in oh. German. And it's just like, it like stands out to me, probably not to many people, but I'm just like, that's a very German name. (laughs) I think it's based on the ancient language rather than the language that they're speaking now. Oh. I think. Isn't the ancient language based on Old Norse? And? Probably. Yes. Sorry, I was approaching that from a different direction. Now I understand what you're saying. Okay, yeah. Yes. No, yes. it's fine. Like, cause it trans, like if you're going off the Germanic translation, then it's the Varden forest, right? And the Vardens are the, I'm assuming it means warden. <laughs> yeah. <probably. laughs> yeah <it's> resistance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. It's just funny, especially to have the do like do Weldon Varden, like nothing else is called anything like that here. <laughs> yeah. It certainly has a, a different vibe hashtag vibe yeah hashtag vibe <laughs> the thing yeah. i noticed um because i like to go through and like listen to the pronunciation guide before we do an episode and an attempt to at least get some of the names correct yeah. sure doesn't always work but one of the places that aragon mentions being on this map is a mountain range that is 10 times the height of the spine which he Whoa. doesn't believe um which is kind <laughs> of cute <laughs> but it is called the Bior mountains which is fine, except it's spelled B-E-O-R, <laughs> B-O-R. But we also have J-E-O-D, which is pronounced Jode. <laughs> like, I feel like <laughs> it should either be Geode and B-O-R or Jode and Boar. Yeah. <laughs> but having them both in the same chapter, having different, like, 
pronunciation. pronunciation. Yep. So it threw fun. me off a bit. I was like, oh yeah, the Bormantons. And then I checked the, the guide and it's not. And I think I'm just mad at being wrong. It's <laughs> the summary. <laughs> You're like, uh, how dare you? Yeah. What are some other interest, like important places that come up? The Hatterack Desert, massive desert in the middle of the continent. Serta is a small country that seceded from the empire after the riders fell and Galvatorx ascended to power. And he also mentions Vroengard and its city of Doru Arabia, which were the like historic stronghold of the riders back when the actual institution existed. Yeah. So those are names that will come up later in the book. Here they are mentioned. Some fun places. <laughs> Only because I, listen, only because I already knew it. <laughs> uh-huh. One of the islands is called Ilium, which is like uh-huh. the old name of Troy. <laughs> oh. The city of Troy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Hence, hence the Iliad. I knew that. Oh. Yeah. So I don't know if he was just like, I don't know. Do do all names have meanings? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I book, do that probably. when I write. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that one of the islands was called Beerland. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just because it's called Beerland. And I was like, eh. <laughs> Knowing the way things are pronounced here, it's called like Bearland. Beerland. Bear, it's either full of Bearland. beer or bears. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> mm, hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> the other funny thing about this map is that like, Suddenly, Aragon, who hasn't ever read anything in his life, is a <laughs> an expert on this map. They're like, gosh, I wonder what city the Sether oil can be coming from. And Aragon's like, well, actually, these towns, da-da-da-da-da, blah-blah-blah. <laughs> like, he's like yeah. it can't be this town because it's on the coast and surrounded by mountains. It can't be this one because uh, it's too isolated. And it's like, Aragon, have you ever yeah, looked you at a map that? before? Like, <laughs> maps have words on them. How did you ever know anything? <laughs> I wonder if he learned of it through like, forgive me for kind of misusing this phrasing, but like oral tradition from the various like traders and people that come through Carvajal. I guess that and just makes like sense. maybe he knows that uh, Kuasta is on the coast and surrounded by mountains because he's heard that before, and he knows that Arrows is isolated because like people have told him that. But he like didn't know. Tirm or any of the towns on the way to Tirm. Good point. Good point. Right? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> like those were ones that were closer to Carvajal. Like maybe. I guess it's sort of like I probably don't know a bunch of the towns around St. John's where I currently live, but <laughs> I have heard of like Los Angeles and stuff like that. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah yeah could be something that could like be that more like that like everyone's like let me tell you more about Vrongard but who yeah. cares about Dor- Dor- Dorat Dor- what was it what was the town they uh, were at what Tirum they're at Tirum no, Dor- the Arabia is on Vrongard no the one they stopped at with the wagons oh was- yeah. uh, oh they were on it was when they were on the river. Darrett? Darrett. Darrett. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, That's that was a one. way too long difficulty yeah. to make the joke I was making. <laughs> but anyway, you get it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about Drasleona and not Darrett. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> I like that they decide that Drasleona is like the most likely place for the Rezac to be based on its geographical location and the disproportionate amount of seether oil it seems to receive. And then Joe does like, mm, I thought of something else in Drasleona that the Rezac might like. And it's some place called Hellgrind. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I that one, yes. Uh-huh. That does sound like something the bad guys <laughs> would be near. <laughs> That <laughs> does seem like it. It's like, mm, yeah, we know the Razak are like these evil monster creatures and they go to a place called Hellgrind. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds correct. I bet Hellgrind <laughs> is full of flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tiny and, little duckies. And fields of grass. Yeah, it's a lovely place. It's a very lovely place. Definitely not going to be like a cavern into the center of the earth or like... A mountain made like of obsidian sulfur. or something stupid like that. Yeah, yeah. definitely not. <laughs> definitely no. not. Oh my god, I bet it smells like sulfur. I bet it's a 100%. volcano. <laughs> of course Probably. it's going to smell like sulfur. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, Leona means lion. So whatever drass mean, it probably means, like, evil or dark or... <laughs> and that's how you know the Razak are there. Yes. Mm-hmm. To drag or pull. It's a verb. <laughs> drag these lions. Anyway. <laughs> drag lion. <laughs> dragon. Hey. If you mash them together, you get dragon. Wow. <sighs> anyway. What are the chances of that? <laughs> Imagine having a book where an important place sounds very similar to dragon. Like, that's wow. weird. Imagine dragons. <laughs> Imagine dragons. <laughs> someday that joke is gonna stop being funny but not today (laughs) not today never today (laughs) uh i like that like they say these this very sorry to get back to what you were saying oh yes hell hell grind aka the dark gates are there and it's just like i like how aragon's like i'm too tired to even ask what that is it's like really they called them hell grind and the dark (laughs) gates are you sure you don't want to (laughs) ask i mean he's very sad that drasleon was so far away so maybe he's just (laughs) like he's just depressed (laughs) i'm sure it's totally healthy to bring into his relationship with his dragon that he's resentful of her (laughs) limiting him from being able to just live a normal life (laughs) yeah totally healthy that seems yeah nothing could go wrong there i'm sure he's definitely not gonna murder her (laughs) absolutely not no who would even suggest that (laughs) Mm, who indeed whomst (laughs) among us (laughs) Uh... oh those are all the important things i had to say yeah, got through yeah. what I wanted. I mean, we didn't talk about, yeah, his prophetic dream about his future girlfriend, I guess. Oh, but there yeah. was nothing really important there. It's just no. that it's obviously the love interest predicted by yeah. Angela. Yeah. Yeah. She like, needs to get rescued. You know, standard fantasy fare. Normal stuff. Yeah. Damsel in distress. I yeah. do like that she cried a tear, quote, like a liquid diamond. Um, and there's definitely a Twilight joke in there somewhere, but yeah, for sure. we don't have to yeah. find it. No. No. Not today. <laughs> no. Not on this day. Yeah. What do you think her name is? 
Bella. Um, <laughs> um, What's a good like probably, fantasy lady probably, name? It's probably Renesme. <laughs> oh my god. This is my faded girlfriend resume. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's gonna start with like an A or an E and be like Arwen Maybe or Aowen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably some probably some vowels to start it. Yeah. Definitely, yep. I, yep. Oh, I can't let my brain's going blank. I don't wanna say Arwen yep. or Aowen, but like I feel like it's gonna be like something along those lines. <laughs> that's a good guess. I yeah. feel like that's a solid guess. Okay. Yeah. Well, while we're guessing, ooh, we should guess what is going to happen in the next two chapters. We should. Seamless transition. Seamless. Beautiful. Effortless. I almost said wow. effortful, which is... <laughs> Probably that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next two chapters are called A Costly Mistake and Vision of Perfection. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. So, yeah, yeah. Vision of perfection, he's gonna meet her. Yeah, or have Ooh. a vision of her, maybe. Probably, because he is quite literal, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. What was the other chapter again? I got distracted. <laughs> this always happens. We get really excited about two chapters from now. <laughs> I mean, the previous one was about a werecat, so honestly, True. it makes yeah. sense. That's um, fair. The first one is called A Costly Mistake. Um, That's either, like, a very... Uh, thinly veiled pun about how they're gonna lose a bunch of money or they're gonna get like <laughs> out of town <laughs> yeah like do you think maybe they get they get That's caught good. somehow i bet they get caught yeah i feel like yeah they must have got caught and but by urgles or mm. probably just the townsfolk the town guard or whatever oh yeah. right yes brand is... or whatever his name is brand yeah the true, true. administrator from the castle or whatever yeah, I found your gross yeah. fingerprints all over my stuff. It's yeah. probably out of go. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. one. <laughs> that's the Something one. along those lines. Or the Razak are going to show up because it's like, hey, all these people reported some crazy weapons fighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we heard about a bright red magical sword and came yeah. to investigate. Yeah. Maybe the costly mistake is the Razak show up to buy more Seether oil and then they <laughs> spill it. <laughs> And it was yeah, so probably. expensive. <laughs> That's probably what it is. That's it. Yeah. Great. Cool. Cool. Love that. Good guess, everybody. Well, uh, let's talk about what else we're reading right now. I, I think did the same thing that I did last time, where I have just finished a bunch of books. <laughs> oh, nice. Currently reading anything, but I read a Spindle Splintered by Alex Harrow. Alex E. Harrow was so good i loved it it was an audiobook and it was so short it was amazing (laughs) nice (laughs) and then i also read the second of the hell's library series so the archive of the forgotten also really good so yeah that's what i did what about you guys yeah so i don't quite remember what i brought up at the last episode, but I'm pretty sure I brought up Crescent City 2, and I'm still reading that, so whatever. But I did finish a rom-com called The Roughest Draft, which was just kind of meh. Nothing groundbreaking. <laughs> it was fine. 
But then I'm currently reading another rom-com called One to Watch, which is pretty good so far, about halfway through, so we'll see what happens. And then I'm listening to an audiobook called The Women's History of the Modern World, mm. and it has longer title, but I forgot to click it to make it bigger, and I don't remember what it is, and I can't read it because <laughs> it's too small and I'm old. <laughs> it's by Rosalind Miles. It's it's entertaining. Yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> Is that like a nonfiction one then? Yeah, it's basically just like going about it. So far, I'm on part five of twelve, so I'm like not quite halfway through, and it's like just going through like influential women throughout history who like basically rebelled oh. and revolutionized feminism. And one of the things Ooh. I laughed at the most in the book was apparently the reason men like our society became so patriarchal was because men were scared that they would lose the skills that women provided because like they couldn't do it like sewing and cooking or like oh stuff like that so like i <laughs> yeah basically the way the book put it was like men didn't think they could do these things like they couldn't do them like women had to do them so they were like yeah we need to like make sure that we can control women no problem da, da, da. and that's kind of how our patriarchal society was born because men couldn't cook wow i what hate a that good time <laughs> yeah i've i've realized reading all of these kind of like feminism women books whatever just make me mad <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah that'll happen yeah, yeah. <laughs> not like I'm learning stuff, but they just make me mad. <sighs> so cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Hannah, are you reading anything more uplifting? Kind of. I finished two books that I mentioned last week or last pod. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I finished listening to The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern. Overall, it I don't know if I like it. It was like nice to listen to, but I have no idea what happened. Yeah. At all. That's how I feel about the roughest draft. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad to be done with that one. But it, yep. it it does seem like something that would be really nice to have on as like background noise if you don't care to follow the story, because it, it is written very beautifully and the narrators do a really good job. Nice. Okay. So if you're into Aaron Morgenstern's style, you'll probably like it, but I don't know. It was kind of a lot. And then I, over the course of like a day and a half, read Winter's Orbit by Everina Maxwell, which was was our Midlight Book Club book for March. And I liked it so much. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I was going to say, that's fast. Yeah, that's real fast. Yeah, Yeah, it was so good. It's like, listen, it's got everything. It's like a slow burn sci-fi political murder mystery. (laughs) Oh, hell yes. Damn. Yeah. Got a cute little romance, fun, like, sci-fi gender presentation stuff, all sorts of good things. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to reading it again. (laughs) (laughs) And then now that I've done that, my mission, I guess, for the rest of the month is to read books two to four in the Wayfarer series by Becky Chambers. So I'm halfway through book two, which is A Closed in Common Orbit, and it's good so far. I liked the first one better. And I keep thinking, even though that has nothing to do with it, that I wish this book was about the Andrisks, because <laughs> I think they're the most interesting species yeah. in that series. 
So hopefully there's an Andrus book somewhere lizard in this. Ones? Yeah. Okay. I, it's been a while yeah. since I've read it, so I forgot. Yeah. I'm. I cannot wait to hear your take on the next two books because I also really liked the first one. Felt eh about the second one, and then stopped reading the third one. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I only read the second one. I have not even picked up the third one. I did really like the ending of the second one, though. But yeah, okay. It was the ending was it good. was a difficulty to get there. Yes, <laughs> it was difficult. I... A difficulty. Difficult. A difficulty. Yeah, a difficulty of thorns and roses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying it. I guess it's similar to the Starless Sea in that, like, not much is happening. Yeah. But it has, like, it's, like, a character book as opposed to the Starless Sea, which is a prose book. Yeah. And I don't mind if things don't happen if I'm into the characters, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. But if you're, like, a plot-heavy person, that might not be for you. Anyway, this is coming out at the end of March, so keep an eye on our Instagram to see what our Midnight Book Club book for April is going to be. The announcement should be up in the next few days. Ooh. And ye- it's going to be a good one, I think. I yeah. say that every time. <laughs> We're mostly right. <laughs> yeah. We all collaboratively, I guess, pick the books that we're going to read. So they're always books that we want to read, which means yeah. every time we get to one, I'm like, ooh, I want to read this. <laughs> 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 so uh decided to read that one. And yeah, if you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, consider rating and reviewing us on Spotify or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. We are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, which is midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. And for some seasonally appropriate advice from Jode... Some scrolls only deal with taxes. You can ignore those. <laughs> don't do that. I know. Don't, don't ignore don't. your taxes. Don't, don't ignore your taxes. Your taxes. <laughs> I'm ignoring my taxes. They're not due for another month. I'm ignoring it. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, that's a future problem. Yep. By the time <laughs> this episode comes out, it'll be more of an imminent problem. That <laughs> is an excellent point. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay. Do your taxes.